This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, April 13th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the assistant to the manager of the BYU Twitter mob, Jerem Jordan. Sirius XM is doing a uh, poll of the best mascot in America. And Friday night, BYU pushed over the edge just barely like a, a really good Kentucky Derby by a nose, winning uh, you know just barely over Penn State, which was awesome, by a few hundred votes. So congratulations to BYU fans. Of, of great import right now is that BYU is facing Michigan State in the best fan competition via college uh, Fox uh, Sports College Basketball. In fact, Mark Pope is in on it full go. Fox Sports is asking who has the strongest case in America. Let's go straight to the field. Go BYU! And it is currently BYU by a nose by okay. 0.3% uh, in the round of 32 as we speak. Uh, you can vote on at CBB on Fox on Twitter. So right now, everyone jumping on. You can vote once. So it's basically you're trying to find people that haven't voted. Uh, there have been over 62,000 votes. Eight minutes left. BYU up by a nose. Two things. I love the cadence of Mark Pope's voice. He's so excited about this poll. You know what? He can't play games. He may as well transfer the energy somewhere else. And secondly, this is a 10 seed in BYU over a two seed Michigan State. So the upset is alive and brewing. Uh, We've got a fantastic show lined up for you today, including uh, a Cinderella story of sorts on the football side. J.J. Nwigwi. Jason is his real name. We'll get into the story of that. Why JJ feels like he is a real candidate for the NFL, plus the final spot in our best play championship bracket will be decided, Jerem. And Abraham Valdez of BYU Baseball, he's got a very interesting story of how he got to BYU. Uh, Not going to want to miss that. We are presenting now today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Hoops extends the series with Utah the next four seasons, beginning in Provo this December 12th and 2022, then in Salt Lake City at the Huntsman Center for 2021 and 2023. This matchup becomes the fourth non-conference game of the 15 we know about officially for the upcoming season with the Junkanoo Jam in the Bahamas the week before Thanksgiving against Boston College, George Mason, and Tulsa. The XFL ceasing operations and is not expected to return. The league played five games before it was suspended Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, former Cougars in the league included Micah Hanneman, Colby Pearson, DeAndre Wesley, T. John Caroma, and Tomasi Laulile. The New Orleans Pelicans are interested in Elijah Bryant, according to Sportando. Bryant is playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel, a EuroLeague team. Uh, Bryant putting up about 10 points a game in the Israeli Basketball Premier League, or the Winter League, and uh, about 8 a game in the EuroLeague game. Eli in the NBA... We'll see. As we just discussed in the SiriusXM mascot bracket, Cosmo advancing to the final four as a 16 seed scoff to face Bucky the Badger from Wisconsin. 
And in Fox Sports Ultimate Fan Bracket, number 10 BYU trying to hang on against number two seed Michigan State. Five minutes left. Go vote if you haven't already. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU and Utah basketball just announced a four-game series extension. We laid out uh, the years for you. All games scheduled for home venues for the Cougars and Utes. We did watch BYU and Utah play at Vivint Smart Home Arena a few seasons back and got one of the greatest dunks in BYU basketball history. But now all four of the games announced are at the Marriott Center or Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City. Jeremy, my question is, should the BYU-Utah game ever be played at a neutral site and not at the Marriott Center or Huntsman Center? I love games that are in home or opposing gyms. I just think those are the best. The neutral sites take away from the environment. Yet, when BYU played Utah State this year, that was a great environment to have both in the same gym, right? The other team's not sequestered to a corner of the arena. There's something special about being in someone else's gym and winning, right? But I think once every five years would be appropriate to go play up at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Granted, that's semi-away because it's literally a 13-minute drive from the Huntsman Center to Vivint if traffic's bad. It's a 45-minute drive from the Marriott Center. So, one, I'm glad that they extended the series. No-brainer. They hadn't extended it officially. Here we are. There are only two reasons that this series has ever been halted. Uh, World War II and uh, Larry Krishkovia. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad they're playing. I'm really glad they're playing. I think once every five years, a neutral side game could mix it up. So that's essentially, if you have a red shirt plus four years for some of the guys, that would have been one neutral game, uh, a recruiting period, a signing period, if you will. I don't. Love the neutral site game if it features BYU and Utah specifically. Now, if BYU is to play Utah State or Weber State because it is a true middle ground between Provo and Logan or Provo and Ogden. We talk about Brigham City. Cats, <laughs> I, I don't mind that. But with BYU and Utah, I think it should be in their home venues. I just the, the atmosphere, the intensity, it's different. So uh, I th- I'm with you. I think the majority of the games, if not all of them, should be at their home venues. The thing for me now is with quadrants and rankings in place, it's easier for a team like Utah to be ranked in the top 75 and for BYU to have a quadrant one opportunity on the road in Salt Lake City compared to a neutral site where Utah would have to be in the top 50. This just gives programs a better opportunity to secure one of those coveted quad one victories, whether it's Utah playing in Provo or BYU playing in Salt Lake City. Like, I think Utah and BYU... You're right. Neutral's dumb. Should be wrote every time. Both be- like them. Because of the top 75 thing. And, and Utah, typically, if they have a decent team, will be in the top 75. This year, I believe that ended up quad two, was it? This year for BYU. So it, it, if Utah had been a little bit better, it would have been a quad one. Ryland Jones got hurt, and that kind of affected what they did. But Utah was as good as beating Kentucky this year. That was the high, right? BYU was as good as beating Gonzaga. So uh, Utah in Andy Katz's top 36, by the way, going into the next year. Number 34. I think that's uh, a curious decision. Uh, he's anticipating that Utah will be pretty good. Um, I, that's good for – here's the thing. In football, I don't root for the other teams very actively because there's no reward for strength of schedule unless you're competing in the playoff. In basketball – I'm actively hoping that every team BYU plays is quality so that that betters their chances. It's very different. People get weirded out when I'm like, no, 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 strength schedule needs to be tough in basketball. Wait, in football, 
There's no reward in football for playing a tough strength schedule. So, I, no, I'm with you. Uh, within the course of this conversation, I changed my mind. Just because it'd be fun. Yeah, whatever. But the quad one guarantee, well, not guarantee, but it's a guaranteed quad two, uh, barring just a disastrous year for Utah yeah. to be in Salt Lake. Well, and, and even looking at, at the Huntsman Center. BYU playing Utah State or Weber State. Let's say Utah State has a down year and they play at a neutral site, and Utah State comes in at the end of the season at 107 in the power rankings. BYU the needs them to be in the net. Yeah, BYU needs them to be sub 100 for that to be a quad two loss. Now, right. And, and BYU's not going to play any team in the state neutral anymore. Here's why there's no Beehive Classic. Why would you play a neutral? It was set up. It wasn't a tournament format. It was kind of fun. I wish, I wish there was a state tournament. I know Jonathan Tavernari is on board with this idea. Um, that, that'd be fun. And, and the point is, BYU beats Utah more often than football, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, which just brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 6-4 in the last 10 against Utah, and I'm actually disappointed at that number. Because in basketball, typically I feel like BYU is in the 7-3 range-ish every 10 years. In football, it's 1-9 in the last 10. It's just bad. And even that's a doctored stat, right? <laughs> How? Last 10 games? One oh, no. Just because they've lost nine in a row. But hey, in the last 10, at least BYU has got one win. Right? Numbers are what you want them to be, <laughs> right? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, uh, Jerem, before we go to topic two, oh. I think we should do some breaking news. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. This just in to Studio B and the desk here. You did it, Cougar Nation. BYU outlasts Sparty in Michigan State to move on in the Fox Sports College Basketball Strongest Fan Base Bracket Poll. 50.5% to 49.5%. 63,000 plus votes. BYU fans, they come out strong on Monday morning, and the Cougars are advancing to the Sweet 16. We're talking about, what, 600-ish votes were the difference? That's it? I mean, in both, by the way, in both the best mascot and now best fan base. So we need Mark Pope to add more weight and do another video. I think that's what we need. And to go a little higher with his voice. Uh, Cougar Nation! The numbers are being updated as we speak. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. No, no, BYU still wins, but... The percentage was 50.6 to 49.4. So BYU wins. Who cares what the margin was? You win by one. You win by, you know, 100. You win by 1.2% or 1%, whatever. You win. Like like if I told you BYU beat Utah in football, would you care what the margin is? No. Those of you that do, get a life. (laughs) It's a one point plus, baby. We're dead. I think people just don't want to have have the stress of it all. But think about the greatest victories that BYU has ever had over because Utah. Because you have the stress. You have this expression of stress release, yes. right? Yeah. Those are the greatest wins, the which, ones that are the most stressful. Which, by the way, there's, th- th- this is relatively exciting, right? Because we don't have games. Like, on my mission, my mission president said, hey, you can watch the Disney movie. So I watched Lilo and Stitch. And I'm like, this is one of the greatest movies ever. No, it wasn't. It was fun. It was good, but it wasn't one of the greatest movies ever. I just hadn't. I was just thirsty. <laughs> so I, I drank, like, like flat Sprite and thought, this is excellent. No, no, no. It was relatively excellent. So I'm glad that we're attacking this with the fervor of games because we don't have them. So let's keep it going. Okay. Uh, and uh, now on to the mascot bracket, right, which just opened up voting. 
Yes. Uh, okay. Vote yeah, for we, Cosmo over I, Bucky Badger yeah. in the final four. Got now to, we're talking. Get final Cosmo four. to the national championship. Well done that the fans are in the Sweet 16. Though. Yeah. Topic two. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, who uh, a couple years ago was on our naughty list, uh, <laughs> lists BYU as an 11 seed in his latest bracketology heading into next season. Spencer, would you take an 11 seed right now? Or would you want to play the season out and see if it can be better? I would take it right now. I love the 11 seed. If you're going to be a double-digit seed in the NCAA tournament, 11 to me is the greatest number because you have – and think about this. Think about teams in the past that have done it, that have made these magical runs. They've been 11 seeds. VCU Let's did talk it. About them. Yes. George Mason did it. Loyola Chicago. Loyola 11? Chicago was an 11 seed. Oh, 11 is where it's yeah. at. 11 is where it's at because – you're good enough to beat a six, and then who knows what happens in the next round. Three versus 14, we've seen crazier things. You might be matched up against a 14 seed in the second round. If not, you got the momentum, beat a three seed. You don't have to face a one seed until the Elite Eight is the point. Mm. Okay, so I love the 11 seed. It's my favorite number, and it would guarantee Aww. that BYU is in the big dance next year. And we're wondering, like, what are the Cougars going to bring back after they lose the three-headed monster of Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, and TJ Haas? How did we not have a combined name for them, by the way? We've got to figure that out. Okay, yeah. Retroactively, we can do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would take it right now. If BYU is guaranteed a spot in the tournament as an 11 seed. I don't care if they're a playing game jam. They're in the tournament back-to-back years or would have been uh, because they were going to get in as a five or a six seed. Yeah, I'd take yeah. it. How about you? 1986 LSU as well. Went as an 11 seed. So four times an 11 seed's gone. Wow, that's impressive. It's the final four. Um, it, from, from a strictly make the tourney standpoint, yeah, I'd take it right now. From a entertainment standpoint, I would want to see this play out because the, it, most of us, at, at the end of the day, we define a season by the end, right? But there's, there's joy in the journey, if you will, as that one like 1995 EFY album <laughs> song had if you if you've heard it you know exactly i think it came on my alexa yesterday (laughs) did it really (laughs) no it's like what (laughs) what uh yeah there's there's fun to be had in the journey right because if you think about the 2020 basketball season here 1920 we what was the joy in the journey the joy was injuries suspensions overcoming maui Overtime disappointment, buzzer beaters. Most epic senior conf- night ever. Yes. It was fun. Like, the ups and downs of that were spectacular. And it was really, really fun. So, yeah, from a from a strictly make attorney standpoint, absolutely. I'd take an 11. Right now I'd take an 11. Yeah. Because I don't know if BYU's going to make it. I, I'm excited at the prospect of that. BYU is living off the prestige of this season, though. They're not living off of who they will be next year. Because we don't know who they will be. They don't know who they'll be. They're still they're in the mix for some transfers. If you follow on Twitter, you can see certain guys from certain places, some of which are in BYU's league, some of which are not. BYU in the mix for some bigs, some scores. They need those guys for a chance to be in 11. Yeah, and is Mark Pope going to get that key transfer we're all hoping or two. BYU gets? Because we are seeing some notable names that were high up on BYU's list choosing other schools right now. So the challenge is still out there. They're shooting their shot with these guys. Yeah. And I want to clarify something, too. I think BYU needs a grad transfer, and then they probably need a impact transfer that will sit a year. Hopefully they don't have to sit a year and they can just play, but I think BYU needs an immediate uh, impact player that's going to score double. They need somebody to be injected into the lineup immediately. Yes. 
Yes. If we're talking about creating a tournament team, I think the current roster has the capability, but there's a lot more development that would have to happen than if they don't have the guy we're referring to. Yeah, Alex and it's not Barcelo, a specific guy. Alex Barcelo was that guy, right? He he was going to have yes. to sit out a year, yes. but then he received his waiver and he was able to play and, a and starter make an impact immediately. Who averages double figures, who helps you win a couple games. Yeah, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Our question of the day. You answer our uh, kind of real bracket question. Would you take an 11 seed in next year's NCAA tournament right now for BYU basketball or take your chances and play the season out? Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU underscore game day on Twitter. Hmm. Let's see. This time last year, BYU had just hired Mark Pope. Had no Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, or Alex Barcelo. The team had no light at the end of the tunnel, and yet look what happened. The fun of sports is in the journey, Jerem's keyword. So why would we ever take a predetermined seed? Because you think that it'd be better than what you could play out. That's why. But what you're saying is, well, why couldn't it maybe play out better than we think? Last year, BYU had a chance at getting Yoli and had a chance at getting Jake. Those aren't sure as sure things. They weren't sure, but they were more sure than what BYU is in now, which is get some transfer. It's like so uh, generic. Get some transfers to come in and do something. Like, who's it going to be? Or is there a player on BYU's team that's going to be way better than anything? Like, will Connor Harding be like an 18-point uh, a game guy? And will Alex Barcelo be a 16-point? Like, maybe that makes up for that. Maybe Gavin Baxter is way better than we thought with a healthy offseason. I don't know. I just think that... BYU has some talent. I think if they get an impact transfer, now it's, okay, this is a team that is turning good. Right now I think they're uh, bubblicious at best. But let's see that development. Let's see, let's see what the miracle of Mark Pope from last year and what this team did. Let's see it happen again. Because this is going to be a harder coaching job than this last year, in my opinion. At our Green High Answers on Twitter, I'd take it if BYU is an 11 seed, but truly deserve to be higher, maybe they beat a higher-seeded team. But based on who is leaving, I take it. I don't know why there's this negative connotation of being an 11 seed. That means you're probably one of the top 40 teams in college basketball and you're getting in as an at-large. And, like. and Jerry Palm has BYU as the first 11. So that means they're the 44th best team in okay, his list. Okay, there you go. Right, uh, As opposed to 47th, which would be the worst 11. And you talked about the history of 11. 11's a good seed. It's the, it's the seed to make a magical run if you're going to be a double-digit seed. Let's go. Coming up, we're in the final four of our best play bracket. You don't have to vote on this one. Actually, you do. Just kidding. Plus, J.J. Nwigwi on why his pro day numbers make him a dark horse qualifier for the NFL. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It's about time we welcome on another NFL hopeful and BYU football alumnus. His name is J.J. Nwigwe. He joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. J.J., welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you all doing? We're fantastic. Uh, We're very interested to find out how you are preparing for a potential NFL opportunity, albeit in a very strange world situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying my best to find some of these local gyms that are open 
I'm trying to get a workout in. It's not been trying to go on a bunch of hikes, just hike the Y, maybe Bridalfield Falls, Stuartville Falls. It's kind of multiple things like that. It's trying to keep me in shape. Sounds like you've gotten out there. Those are those are three good spots, right? Yeah, I mean, the Y looks nice, but it's more of a workout. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard, man. It's really hard to get up there. It's it's very underrated. Also, it's Instagram gold, right? All of those? Oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I feel bad for um, guys like you with no pro day because that's where you could have really shined, right? You did yourself pro day, and we'll break it down. Really impressive stuff. But the guys that are going to be first-rounders, they don't need a pro day, right? They went to the NFL Combine. But guys like you that are trying to get on the radar, that, that had a nice push at the end of your career, it was, it's a little tougher. So how have you made the best of this situation? Um, I think I'm just trying to say positive through it all. Um, I mean – well, all that's going on, I mean, that's kind of out of all, all of our control. So I just trying to keep a good head on my shoulders and just trying to find my best way. I was like, okay, if the pro day's not going to work out, well, what's, what can I do to make sure that my like self-time pro day that I ended up doing was the best as possible? 32 reps on the bench press. You ran a four seven eight forty. Which of your numbers were you most pleased with, JJ? Um... I think I really like the 32 on the bench press. <laughs> of course. That's like the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, flex, literally. Um, did did you feel like 32 was something you could do? Was that something you had done before? Um, no, actually. Um, I was just I was kind of watching the combine and just looking at my strengths. I'm like, well, if I can get over 30 on the bench, I think that kind of put me in a place where I wanted to be as in the scouts wise like they had like questions about strength or strength or anything so that was the number I was shooting for just over 30. 32 would have been tied for second at the NFL combine really impressive you would have had the fastest three cone drill by the way 6.85 that shows some of your quickness um, what is it that you feel you do really well that uh, potential NFL team should uh, acknowledge and give you a shot for? Um, I feel like I play uh, really good in the run game, really good at staying styled, and my long arms, really good at creating separation. And my initial get off and out back is uh, really good if uh, any of the NFL teams want to take a chance with me. I feel like I can contribute that to their D line. JJ and Wigway with us on BYU Sports Nation. You played a bunch of positions at BYU offensive lineman, tight end, defensive line. How will moving around at BYU help you as you pursue a professional spot? Um, I think it's nice that since I'm playing D-line now, I played O-line and tight end, so I kind of know on Tennessee, like stances or like sometimes the O-line and tight ends will give off calls to to like, you know, show like where they're going to block and things like that. And me playing D-line, I feel like I kind of have a hit on those so that can help me really at the next level of what's coming. Did you ever have a situation in the game this year where you heard a call like that and you had an advantage because you had played online? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Do you remember a specific game? I remember we were playing Tennessee, and um, they were giving, they were telling us which directions they were going with their zone blocks. So I'm like, okay. Well, the first play, I was like, okay, I heard it, but let me make sure you know they're actually going to do that. And then they did, I'm like, oh, okay, this is money now. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they say that tipped you off? It was just the direction. I think I think they were 
almost really telling us zone left on the line of scrimmage. So they like, said zone left? Right it wasn't really zoned up, but it was pretty much that simple where I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, I'm disguise it. JJ, that's, that's awesome, taking man. advantage of an SEC offensive line, that's fantastic. I can't help but wonder if you were able to uh, pick apart the Hawaii offensive line, too, because you had two sacks in that game and a half tackle for a loss. So uh, what was working so well for you in your final game as a BYU Cougar? Um, I just remember going to that game, uh, uh, Coach um and Coach Kalani really did a great job game planning Hawaii and um, for our D-line and telling us like how the best way we can get pressure with the three-man front. And it was kind of nice because I think they were like almost 85 and 90% pass. So I can kind of like tee off and watch the ball to get a good get off. And so I think that kind of contributes to the, the good game I had. Devin Kofusi has chosen to transfer to the U. Uh, part of his explanation was he wanted to become the best player he could become. So some questions about development of players have, have arisen, right? That's Devin saying what he feels is best for him. How did you feel BYU developed you as a defensive lineman? Um, honestly, I, I have to give the coaches a lot of credit because it's kind of hard taking a guy in. Uh, who hasn't played D-line at all and in the year, getting ready to play a bunch of tough competitive teams like Tennessee, USC, Boise State, and San Diego. And I think they did a really good job of taking me, and they never really, you know, got really upset of, like, sometimes, like, in their head, you know, sometimes you're teaching something and you're like, well, aren't you understanding this? Like, they did a great job of, like, Taking the time, slowing it down, make sure I understood it, and I could be the best at where I can and where so many fit. So I really thought they did a great job of development, but you know, everybody learns differently. So, well, if your life weren't busy enough, you're bouncing around positions, playing football. Oh, and you're still going to school, and you're going to graduate uh, in just a few weeks. What will a degree from BYU mean to you? Um, it means a lot. BYU is a great school, and there's networking everywhere. And there's holding a degree from BYU that I know can open a lot of doors for me in the future. Absolutely. What does JJ stand for? So my real name is Jason, and I was named after my grandpa, so I'm a junior. Jason Jr. And then what's the proper pronunciation of your last name? We we have done our best the last four years, but we want to make sure we want to hear from you. have it. Yeah. No wigwi. No no wigwi. Yes. Okay. No wigwi. Mark it down, NFL yes, scouts. No wigwi. Um, I'm going to be honest. Jason's a pretty cool name. I kind of want to call you that. <laughs> That's fine. Jason's <laughs> legit. I love that. JJ is excellent as well. I'm a, I'm a JJ, but some people call me JJ. Spencer called me 2J, 2J. back in the day. Yeah. Hey, we had a Jason and a Tyson on the same football Jason team. Jason and, and Tyson? That would have been. A, That's a podcast. You guys should start a podcast. <laughs> I'll talk to him about it. <laughs> JJ, uh, before we say goodbye, Jason. Uh, sorry, Jason. Before we say goodbye, if you were pitching yourself to an NFL team, what would you say to them in terms of how you can help an NFL team and what you bring to them? Um, I'm, I would tell them you're getting a guy that's versatile and that's going to give great effort and hustle every play, every down, and it's going to show on practice. And if they're willing to take a chance with me, they're going to get the best. Uh, player I can be. 
Jason Nowigny, Nowigwi in his own words. There, there you go. Hey, uh, JJ, it's great to catch up with you, man. We're excited for you as you push forward in your pro football career and can't wait to see what happens. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it. JJ Nowigwi or Jason Nowigwi. I, I love it. He, and he's a great story. He had two sacks in his career. Both were in his last game against Hawaii. We're standing a three-man pass rush. We're standing on the sideline going, wow, he's balling out. And I'm looking on BYUCougars.com on my phone. Those are the first two sacks of his career. Uh, so he had bounced around quite a bit. And here he is, a guy that is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, comes to BYU, develops, has excellent self-pro day numbers, finishes with two sacks in his last game, is going to walk out with a degree. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, great to talk to him on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I love that he told me a story being from Texas. Uh, he played basketball. He's like, oh, I was terrible. But I, I just would always step back and be like, Jimmer. He's like, that was my first contact with BYU. <laughs> That was most people's first contact with BYU, right? It was pretty cool. Okay, coming up, the compelling story of BYU catcher Abe Valdez. His journey to BYU getting hit in the face and missing only a single game and the chance to return next season. One spot in the best play of the year championship bracket decided. One more to go. You have the power to decide. This is BYU Sports Nation. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation and Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Let's keep it rolling right now because it's a winning Monday. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU extends the series with Utah. Keeping people together. Was that the Utah people working together <laughs> for the next four seasons? Beginning in Provo, December 12th this year and 2022. Then in Salt Lake City at the Huntsman Center in 2021 and 2023. Matchup becomes the fourth non-conference game of the 15 we know about. You're going to play in the Junkanoo Jam in the Bahamas. Junkanoo Jam sounds like a cheap NES game in the 90s. <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving against Boston College, George Mason, and Tulsa. Football. The XFL ceasing operations not expected to return. The league played five games or five weeks before it was suspended Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, former Cougars in the league included Micah Hanneman, Colby Pearson, who was killing it in New York, DeAndre Wesley, T. John Caroma, and Tomasi Laulile. Cougars in pro hoops. The New Orleans Pelicans, don't we have a Pelicans sound from when Jimmer played? They're still on board. Uh, are interested in Elijah Bryant, according to Sportando. Bryant's playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel, one of the main EuroLeague clubs, uh, is putting up about 10 points a game in the Winter League, the Domestic League there, and eight a game in the EuroLeague games. Sports. In the SiriusXM Mascot Bracket Challenge, Cosmo advances to the Final Four in a very heated battle over the weekend. He uh, takes on now 16-seed Bucky the Badger in the Final Four from Wisconsin. They beat the Nittany Line. Why not beat another major Big Ten program? It's early, but... Cosmos had a strong start, up 76% to 24% with about 3,000 votes in. And in the Fox Sports Ultimate Fan Bracket, BYU victorious this morning, again by the slightest of margins, 50.6% of the vote over two-seed Michigan State. BYU fans will now match up with Dayton for a spot in the Elite Eight. Let's go. Victory. We have no games, so this is where we're at. Let's go, baby. It's competition in a world without competition in sports bring on our byusn best play bracket presented by doTERRA the eight best plays from the byu football season 
against the eight best plays from BYU basketball, all to determine the best play of the athletic calendar year. We started with 16 plays, as you mentioned. Now we're down to the final four, which is exciting. You can vote each day on vote.byutv.org. Polls close at 11 a.m. Eastern each morning. Okay, so in the final four, the first play to move on to the championship matchup for tomorrow's show is this. 50 yards away from field goal territory. A step up by Wilson. Deep man is open! It's caught by Simon! Oh, yeah, He's baby. the 40! The 35 go, 30, 25, 20, 50! You gotta hustle! Line. You gotta hustle! I knew this play would get to the championship game. Uh, it's in the Final Four now, which is exciting. And surprisingly, uh, it took down T.J. Howe's game winner at Houston. I mean, I thought it has to be a great play to take down that shot because that is the iconic shot of the season for BYU basketball. 51% of the vote. Apparently, 51% is the key in all of these brackets. It's, it's tight, man. There are no blowouts here. Holy there are no blow- Taysom Hill's career, no blowouts here. Okay, so the top-seeded football play takes down the second-seeded basketball play and moves on where it will face the winner of today's matchup. Yeah, here's today's. Uh, it's an OT semifinal featuring number fives. Derwin Gray, Dr. Gray, the reverend, the pastor, uh, pointed that out. So here we go. The fourth-seeded football play and the Capra BYU's win at Tennessee. Tyson Williams, four-yard push. It felt like 40 yards uh, against Tennessee in double OT to win. Push, 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 push. Get in Come on in. Get in there. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> That's live audio in the moment. So Tyson Williams, he gets kind of held up. Yeah, at the four. And then your boy, James, I'm now, I, know go, I now go by Jimmy Empey. And Tyson Williams sprints around the end zone. And he goes to find his family on the other end, which is pretty stinking cool. He's from South Carolina, so not... Terribly far away compared to Utah, right? So that is play number one. All right. So we could potentially have an all-Tennessee showdown in the championship. Oh, snap. How about that? Unless this other number five and his effort against USC, Diane Gawoliku, can sneak into the championship. Trips to the wide right for Slovis in the gun. He claps the hands, takes a chest high snap. He will throw quickly, batted up, and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. Yes, today is the battle of the number fives, as you mentioned, Jerem. At Derwin L. Gray on Twitter said, uh, in response to this, number five is a special number. Absolutely. He wore number five at BYU. Listen, if you wear number five, you can't be bad. You have to be awesome. So go to vote.byutv.org to uh, cast your vote and see what the voting is right now. I will go right now and tell you what the voting looks like at the moment. At the moment. And this has been up, uh, you know, just for a little bit now. Uh, Tyson Williams up 4% over the Diane Gamalika play. So could we have an all-Tennessee final? This will be up until 11 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning. These were the two most exciting wins of the season. Boise State was really fun. Right. But it both was a, of these. It was the Austin Kofensis play and Kyra Stonga pushing him forward that won the game. It wasn't the plays to Matt Bushman, right? Had those been for the win with like under a minute to go or something? That, and those were, we just talked about, you rarely have a walk-off football win. Two of them. Both of those. Two of them. Were walk-off football wins. Walk-off was this, was this uh, phrase that came about, what, like 10 years ago or something? I don't remember when we were little saying, oh, that was a walk-off win or whatever. I love that phrase. 
It's it's in reference to See you a, later. It's in reference to baseball, a pitcher walking yeah. off the mound. It's over. Game's in defeat. Over. Yeah. Exactly. org. Coming up, the hair swap you won't ever forget. And senior catcher for BYU Baseball, Abe Valdez, how a rival coach's recommendation landed him in Provo. An incredible story you don't want to miss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, if you missed or you want to watch again the BYU Sports Nation play-by-replays, the specials, they are on demand. BYU Hoops versus Gonzaga, women's volleyball versus Stanford 2018. You can go to BYUtv.org or the app and search BYU Sports Nation special. I am so stoked to welcome in our next guest, BYU baseball senior catcher Abe Valdez, joining us via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. You've got an incredible story, Abe, so uh, let's dive right into it. I want to start first with the moment you were literally on the field at Miller Park preparing to open conference play of your senior season, and you hear that your season's over. What was that moment like for you? Um, It was pretty rough, I think. Just like, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was rough for everyone, but just kind of like thinking like, oh, like I might have just played my last game like ever in – you know, in college, I don't. I was kind of sad about it, but I think, like, I, the worst part about everything is just knowing that you prepared from I don't know what September sixth. I think it was. I started practicing up until that point. You know, you're with your team like every single day for, you know, I don't even know how many hours a day. So I mean, I think that was just the hard part, just kind of like trying to really get in everything into your head, knowing that you worked so hard for something and to get it all taken away, like with no control over it. It's just it was kind of heartbreaking. Then the NCAA comes out and they rule that seniors can return um, if they were in a spring sport. Baseball is a spring sport, of course. So have you made a decision about whether you'd like to return and what's the conversation been like with BYU? Uh, yeah, I decided I'm going to come back. Um, there's a couple reasons. Um, obviously, I want to finish my senior year. and I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys heard about my story with, with Coach Alto. Um, so those are kind of my two big reasons. And plus, I mean, I got to finish my degree and stuff, so... There's a couple of factors that play in, but yeah, I'll be I'll be coming back. Well, that's, oh, great, that's great news. news. That's great news. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't know until right now. Let's go. And we thought there was a chance, but that's awesome. So yeah, let's dive into your story uh, a bit. So John Altobelli, people know his name because he's he's one of the individuals who died in the the helicopter crash involving Kobe Bryant. You have a connection to him. Tell the people the connection you have to John. Yeah. Um, so me and Coach Alto, I, I didn't know him personally. Um, but when I was at my at my junior college, my school and his school played in the preseason. Um, I think it was twice twice a year that we played them, and you know if we got to playoffs, we usually faced them. They're usually top like three teams in the country. So like the way our brackets are set up is like the worst team would play the like, top team and stuff like that. I mean it's kind of basic, but so yeah. So we we faced them pretty often, and my freshman year I didn't do too well against them, but my sophomore year I ended up playing you know I actually had really really good games against them um and that just turned over so during like the whole recruiting process um I guess coach or coach Herring called coach Alto I was like hey like we're looking for a catcher to come in and kind of make it like make like an impact at our program and someone that can come in you know and coach Alto was like oh like, I don't have anyone but if there's someone you want to go look at or you know kind of see what's up is go look at a guy from Southwestern um, so the next thing I know, I know one day is I get a coach from my, 
I got texted my coach over at Southwestern, and he's like, hey, like, BYU is here to watch you practice. And I mean, I don't really think much of it. You know, like, I'm in the middle of, we're like tied for first place in conference. So, I mean, I'm kind of like focused on trying to practice and get better. And um, so, I mean, we talked to we talked to Coach Henry after practice, and like a week later, I think BYU sent me my offer, um, and I signed my letter of intent. Um, and so that's when I, I asked my coach, I was like, hey, like, can I get his number? I want to text him and like kind of thank him personally, you know? And so, yeah, I texted him, and um, he was driving at the moment. So he's like, hey, call me. Like, I don't want to text. I'm like, okay, cool. So I called him, and it was like a brief phone call, like, you know, two, three minutes, just talked about some stuff. And he was like, hey, yeah, I think you're going um, to have a great time there. I think you're going to, you know, play well and do great things. And I wish you the best, and hopefully we don't have to see you in playoffs because I don't know how to get you out anymore. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of laughed about it, and I was like, well, maybe I do. Maybe you're my good luck charm so I can hit better. <laughs> and he was like he was like yeah man well have fun Mac. Oh, good luck the rest of the season and hopefully I get to see you again soon and I'm like hey thanks coach and thanks for the opportunity I really appreciate it and that was that and you know what, remember what happened on January I think 26th it was if something like that I'm, I'm not mistaken and yes so now now here we are and uh, you said he's part of the reason you want to keep playing baseball. And I want to point out, he's he's at a rival school, and you're both competing for a championship. And then he says to the BYU baseball coaches, uh, and I quote, he's a hot-hitting, strong-armed catcher. You definitely want to take a look. Uh, so how, because of what has happened and given the rival scenario, that how has the context of that all uh, influenced your life? Um, immensely. You know, it it gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to be at BYU. Um, you know, I think anytime a coach can go out of his way, I mean, I mean, in, in my opinion, it meant more to me just because like, it's really tough in a situation where like a school is calling you asking for your own players and you go out of your way and you offer someone else that like you're competing against. Like we beat them at their own field. And like, instead of saying all like, you know, he's not good, you know, like any other state, any other catcher in the state, like, he could have been like, you know what, like he didn't beat us, so I'm gonna offer him instead. But like the fact that he offered me kind of like speaks volumes, you know. So that's kind of a big reason. Like this year, I kind of wanted to like it was like, I'm like I want to play for Coach Alter. Like I want to you know prove him right that he he made a good decision and stuff. So that's kind of like a little chip in my shoulder that I play with now, just because I mean it's kind of a special thing that I I carry with me in my heart. Absolutely. And uh, emotional when you think about everything that happened, uh, obviously, with him passing away in the uh, helicopter crash. Let's talk about your season this year. I, w- I was impressed that um, you, you, you square up to take a bunt and you get hit in the face <laughs> and you only miss one game. What in the world? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. I don't know how smart that was, but, you know, honestly, <laughs> I felt like at first I was, it was kind of weird the way everything happened. Because I remember being at the hospital and I'm just like thinking to myself, like, am I going to be able to play tomorrow? Like, like, there's no way my swelling can go down in like 24 hours. So I don't know. But I mean, I just ice. I think I iced for like icing maybe every single hour for like 20, 25 minutes. I'm just like, I'm going to do everything I can to try to play tomorrow. But I mean, obviously that didn't happen. Coaches weren't going to let me play. Yeah, you missed Um, one whole game. After yeah. getting hit almost in the orbital bone, you, you squared a yeah. bunt right and it nicks the bat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently it, it like nicked the bat and then barely hit my helmet and then hit me. Like you can still see my scar right here. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my claim to fame at BYU. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost broke my face. It required five stitches. It makes you look tougher. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And uh, you can always just put eye black on it, right? You're just yeah, like, yeah, eye black. Well, Let's I, go. I tried that. I tried that. So when we played at UVU, I, I mean, I had the stitches still on my face, so like I had to put, I had to play with a bandaid on, and I was like, I don't know how tough I look with just one bandaid on my face. So I was trying to find <laughs> like. Right, I'm gonna try to find some eye black. I can just cut, like, color the eye, color the bandaid, and then color my face with eye black, and you know, nothing, no one's gonna know the difference. Just but put like one, no one Pokemon, just like one Pokemon bandaid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was man, but it was fun though. I mean, it looked kind of cool on TV, so can't complain. Uh, Abe, obviously, moving to Provo, uh, it's a cultural adjustment, and you joked recently that uh, you can grow a full beard in three days, but you can't have a beard at BYU. So, how was that adjustment for you? Oh, that was rough. That was that was pretty rough at first. I remember, like, my very, very first day. I came up early last year my, in the fall. I came up, like, I don't know, maybe, like, three weeks early. I kind of just wanted to adjust a little bit. And I remember the first thing I do, I walk into the into the weight room with Justin. And, like, no, not even a high, not anything. It was just, like, hey, man, like, if you're going to keep coming here, like, I need you to start shaving. I'm like, if I, if I have to shave, you have to shave, too. I was like, oh, man. And so... <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm just gonna shave my beard then, and then just keep my mustache. But I looked, I looked a little too Mexican for myself. I was, <laughs> I was like, man, I feel like I'm walking around and I look like a like I have a Mexican flag just like like stuck to my forehead. So I was like, I'm just gonna shave it all off. But it was rough. Like I get, I I get really bad like razor burns and stuff. So at first it was kind of hard. Like I think I went to like seven different types of razors just trying to figure out which one. It was good for my face, and uh, it was. I still, honestly, I still don't really like it too much. It, These are real sacrifices. Yeah, and Viva L three, man, come on, <laughs> wear it, baby. L three, all the way. Let's go. I, I'm loving life right now. Though. I I don't have to shave. I can just keep my beard. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so nice. That's just between us. A Valdez with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, well, we're obviously super stoked that you're coming back to play for Mike Little in BYU Baseball. What what are the Batcats capable of next season with you back in the lineup? Uh, I mean, I don't know how good of a difference I made this year. I wasn't hitting too good too much to start off, but um, we have a really good team, especially a pitching depth. Um, we have guys that are just unbelievable. I mean, we have Cy Nielsen, a freshman, um, Justin Sterner, um, I mean, Bryce Robeson, he came in and was, like, sh- shut down for us. Jared Lester, of course. So, I mean, I think coming back, we have a really good foundation in terms of what we can do from the pitching staff. As I mean, everyone saw how dominant we were, um, at least from the pitching side. I think hitting – we have the potential to be, you know, one of the best hitting teams. I personally think so. I mean, we in the fall, we hit off each other in inner squads, and we're, I mean, lighting each other up. It's like – so, I mean – we know it's there. I think what happens is like you have so many freshmen in the lineup, and they've—I mean—they've never, you know, really played in front of fan, so many fans, or never really played in that type of environment where everything speeds up. So like their at bats just kind of speed up, and you see that like their age kind of start to catch up to them. And I mean that's kind of just growing, kind of growing into it. I mean I remember last year I struggled a lot, and people kind of make fun of me and be like, "Hey, how'd you struggle?" Like every time they put you in, you get a hit. I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. But, I mean, for them, it's just – I think everyone coming back next year and just kind of – I mean, I think we had a really good chemistry. So, I think just bringing, bringing all the pitchers back, bringing all the players back. I mean, we're, I think we're losing one senior in Ben Weiss. Um, so, I think it's going to be good for us to have be all together again and just kind of build off of, 
off the strengths that we had this year, but also build off and be able to recognize where we where, where we could improve on. Abe, great stuff, man. Uh, we're, we're super excited you're coming back to BYU. Great to catch up with you. Stay safe at your family's house in Alabama, and we'll see you back in Provo soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Stay safe over there, too. You got it. Absolutely. Abe Valdez on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. He's awesome, man. I've, I've never spoken to Abe. I, that, was, that was fun. Coming up, the face swap you <laughs> will regret seeing. Or is it a hair swap? It's a hair swap. I don't even know what it is. (laughs) I'm just voting on polls over here. Our rise and shout-outs next. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's a fair swap. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Our question of the day, would you take an 11 seed in next year's NCAA men's basketball tournament right now for BYU or... Rather take your chances and play the season out. Why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at CL underscore living on Twitter says, play the games. Let's face it. One thing we've learned from pandemic cancellations is that virtual sports, not as satisfying as the real thing. Uh, that's for sure. We need actual games. That'd be nice. Okay, today's rise and shout-outs. Mine goes to BYU football and volleyball. Uh, athletic marketing doing a, a really awesome, funny, weird, amazing hair swap. So it's Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga. <laughs> Prepare yourself visually for this, okay? First, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Felipe Gibrito-Fajeda. <laughs> Gabby looks like he's in West Side Story with the Puerto Ricans because he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> he's playing Tony. I love it. He's playing the role of Tony. And Felipe looks pretty good, but his hair is better. Okay, and then Dude, Matt Bushman Felipe and Kairos Tonga. looks like Clay Thompson. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. <laughs> Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga will get you. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, blonde hair for Kyrus. Amazing. All right, my rise and shout-out goes to Luke Staley and Mitch Harper, uh, our colleague at KSL. Uh, Luke had a, a lost BYU football helmet found in Sacramento. They tracked down the owner of it, yeah. Kyle Lukengay. That's awesome. Kyle's got his helmet listen, now. Listen, and this is a thing that only Mitch could do, let's be honest. Oh. Mitch, Mitch is awesome. Mitch put the research together. Incredible stuff. He's, he's the man. All right, our thanks to today's guests, J.J. Nowigwi and Abe Valdez. Right, Dennis Pitta, no time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Eddie Stinnett. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs. How about that hair on, man, amazing. <laughs>